saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Hey sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Tap into this show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All links will be in the episode description. Submit original work and future episode suggestions to girlgoodnightpodcasts at gmail.com. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with a five-star rating and review. Did you know we have merch? That's right. The Girl Goodnight Etsy shop is now open. Check out our blank line journal, four-week sleep journal, and everything else that we have to offer. Just click the link in the episode description and girl, come shop with us. Tonight, we will be reading The Unpinkable, written by Butterfly Brooks. Butterfly Brooks is an author, historian, and love warrior who writes stories with her husband, Thaddeus Kane. She wrote her first story and poem at the age of seven and got hooked. She continues to weave tales with love, light, passion, pain, triumph, and magic. Titles by Butterfly Brooks are available on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. All links for her social media and website will be listed in the episode description. The Unpinkable is a short, sweet fiction also described as a suburban suspense quick read. Mimi and Sean Longstreet are building a life together, rising from the urban streets of the big city, amassing a technology fortune, and raising their two delightful daughters. Sean insists the family moves to the affluent suburb of Cedartown, much to Mimi's chagrin. Mimi decides to make the best of her new suburban life, taking up the tall task of gardening her small acreage. Her uppity neighbors are flabbergasted by the unorthodox, earthy lifestyle Mimi brings to their idyllic hamlet. Tending one's own yard is a no-no and definitely fails to satisfy their upper-middle-class standards. The community leadership headed by Super Bully Supreme Deborah Shore Davis, launches a mission to force Mimi to conform to their ways, but they have no idea what's in store when they encounter the wrath of this around-the-way filet. Don't let the pink chiffon fool you. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. All the neighbors were shocked to see Deb stand in silence. No rebuttal, no movement, not even a blink of either eye, just standing still. Mimi had single-handedly punked Queen Bully. Deb adhered to Mimi's threatening instructions. She never said a word to her or Sean or their children ever again. Three weeks later, hey guys, Kim spoke to Megan and Brian as they were walking alone, slowly up the path, passing her house. Where's your mom? Don't know, Megan shrugged. Deb always picked up her children from the bus stop. 
Kim felt uneasy. Hmm. Okay, well, you all go to my house. Okay, Ryan said. Kim went to Deb's and knocked on her door. No answer. Her truck was in the driveway. Nothing seemed out of place. The front door was locked. Kim walked around the back because usually they left one door, front or back, unlocked when they were home. She opened the back door, passed through the family room, looking around as she walked through the house. Deb, she shouted. No response. She found Deb in the kitchen, bleeding and lifeless. Ah! Oh my God! She raced from the house into the middle of the street, screaming. Becky ran out to meet her screams. What is it? What is it? Something's happened to Deb. Call 911. Some hours later, police taped off the murder scene. Several detectives were taking notes and asking the onlookers questions. The observant crowd hummed with whispers, theories, and conclusions. Most were feeling indifferent, having lived in cities where crime was exponentially greater than Cedartown. Others were saddened and shocked by the murder of the Women's League chief. This just didn't happen in Cedartown. And still, a handful were listening to Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, playing loudly in their heads, celebrating the demise of Queen Bully. Detective Sanders, the assigned investigator, asked various residents about Deb. Many told him about Mimi's threats to the deceased. He found her on the edge of the crowd. Mrs. Longstreet, Yes. Can I talk with you about your relationship to the deceased? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We would rather you come down to the station. The station? Yes, ma'am. I don't think so. Sean arrived home and made his way to his wife's side as Detective Sanders was making his case. Well, ma'am, the detective began. Sean interrupted. Hey, babe. What's going on? This detective wants me to go to the police station to talk. Deb's dead. Word. Yeah, you didn't get my text? No, no, what? Wow. He scanned the scene amazed by the news of Deb's murder. Mr. Longstreet, we need to take your wife in for questioning. Is she a suspect? No. Just a person of interest. Okay, well, she ain't going to no station. Well, Mr. Longstreet, this is a... Look here, player. Most respectfully, officer. You can ask her whatever you want. You can use our house if you like. But she ain't going to no station. And if you ask us about it again, I will start recording this conversation, call my lawyers, and begin our harassment lawsuit against you personally and the county police department. And I promise you, we will win. Well, I guess we can step over here, Mrs. Longstreet. The three of them moved about 10 feet from the crowd. Your neighbors say you and Deb didn't get along and you threatened to kill her. Yeah, we did not get along. She was a bitch and I didn't tell her that I would kill her. I said that she could keep fucking around with me and mine if she wanted and she was going to come up missing. Mimi crossed her arms. So you see, this scene ain't me. Y'all wouldn't have a body if it was me. Why did you threaten her? 
She had inappropriate conversation with my daughters, and I don't play that. I don't care who you are. Besides, she didn't bother us anymore. So, I see. I understand. I know you do. Don't fuck with the cubs. Detective Sanders laughed loudly. You sound like my wife. See, Deb thought she was all powerful because of her husband and his money. She was a bully. A lot of these folks will never admit it, but they are not sad that she's dead. Hmm. That's interesting. And while we're talking, you need to ask her husband about Deb's lover. She was having an affair. Oh, really? Yeah, I ran into her leaving a hotel with the dude. I was at the spa next door. She turned to Sean, who was listening quietly. Remember I told you about it, babe? Yeah, I do. Hmm. I appreciate the info. Sure. Police started clearing the crowd, preparing to bring out the body. Mimi noticed Deb's husband, Bob, surrounded by a few younger men standing on the side of the house. She recognized one of them as Deb's lover. Oh my God, Sean, Sean. She shook his hand vigorously. Yeah, me, what is it? That's the dude. That's Deb's lover. Really? You sure that's him? Of course I'm sure. She left Sean and hustled through the crowd to find the detective. She spotted him. Detective! Detective! He saw her calling for his attention and rushed to her. Yes, Mrs. Longstreet, what is it? That guy over there with Bob? The white t-shirt, blonde hair? She pointed to the guy, her pink manicured fingernails sparkling in the night. That's Deb's lover. That's the guy. I saw them leaving Hotel Ebenshire a few weeks ago. You sure? Definitely, Mimi confirmed. The plot thickens. Who is he? Her stepson. Detective Sanders jotted a note in his notepad. Well, I called her right. A rock gut slut. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. One week later, Mr. Davis, Detective Sanders pushed his worn notepad to the side of the all-white table in the all-white interrogation room of Cedar County Police Department headquarters. You can call me Bobby J. Everybody calls me Bobby J. He ran his fingers through his blonde waves, flashing an expensive, arrogant, toothy smile. How do you know the deceased, Deborah Shore Davis? She is my dad's wife. So you are a son from your father's first wife? No, his second wife. He and his first wife weren't married very long. They didn't have any kids. So he met my mom and had me and my two brothers. He snickered impatiently, but you know this already. He smirked, leaning forward, elbows on the table, showing off his $4,000 per month personal trainer biceps. Detective Sanders shifted in his chair, his feet scraping the floor slightly. Were you having an affair with your stepmother? He looked side to side laughing, then at the detective square in the eye. I wouldn't call it an affair. We would meet up from time to time. He yawned and stretched like a lazy cat lounging in the bay of a wealthy estate admiring the garden all day. You know, she's a lot younger than my dad. Yes. Yes, I know. Now, why don't you call it an affair? Because we're not committed. I screw a lot of older bras. I got mommy issues. He said sardonically, throwing his hands in the air. I mean, shit, I was screwing her friend Melissa, too. The detective perked up at the new piece of information. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Me and Melissa been going at it for a while. Did Deb know this? And does Melissa know about you and Deb? You know, he tossed his head back. I don't know. He replied with dumb, jock, goofy swagger. Did you kill her? (laughs) He laughed obnoxiously, making heavy sounds from his throat. Kill her? (laughs) That's funny. I'm no killer. I'm a pleaser. Murder is in my look, he grinned, pride and vanity glimmering through his teeth. Okay, that's all for now. Cool. Detective Sanders escorted Bobby J. back to the lobby. He knew he wasn't the killer. His conceit wouldn't allow him to get blood on his hands, his painstakingly pressed $200 white t-shirts, or his starched Brooklyn and Brothers linen shorts. An hour later, Mr. Davis, was your wife having an affair? Detective Sanders leaned back in his chair, eyeing the bereaved husband sternly. She may have been... 
I don't know for sure. Bob guzzled his Coca-Cola from its can, feeling even more depressed by Sanders' line of questioning and the blandness of the interrogation room. Were you having an affair? No affairs. I have had my share of tale. One night stands here and there, meaningless flings. Did your wife know? Yeah, she knew. Do you have any idea who Deb was sleeping with? I don't know. I never confronted her about it. We have reason to believe she was sleeping with your son, Bob Jr. What? No way. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, Detective Sanders watched Bob squirm with disbelief. He felt some sympathy for him since she wasn't around for him to confront her. Bobby J and Deb? Unbelievable, he murmured. How do you know this? We have several credible witnesses who say they have seen them together. A hotel security camera footage backs up the witnesses' info. Bob heaved a deep sigh, suddenly feeling more relaxed that Deb was dead so that he didn't have to kill her. How could she? With my son? The older brother of her children? Okay, is there anything else? No, that's it for now. We will be in touch. Detective Sanders watched Bob sulk down the hallway, a heaping half of a man, too out of touch to be the killer. He was sure he figured out the culprit. He just needed to question her the right way and she would confess her sins. Two hours later. Melissa, I can call you Melissa? Sure. She stirred in her seat nervously, her big eyes almost hanging out of her head from worry. She twirled the ends of her brunette locks, waiting for the questions. Tell us about your relationship with Bobby J. She bit her lip, making the pink flesh glow white. Bobby J? Yes. You are having an affair with Bobby, yes? Well, Melissa, it's best that you tell the truth. She closed her eyes and reconciled with herself, feeling the heaviness of the past several weeks turn into a ball of light and leave her body. Yes, me and Bobby J were having an affair. Teardrops seeped from her closed lid. She opened them and glared at Sanders standing over her. His stout body and badge seemed less intimidating now. Does your husband know? I cannot say. Did you know Deb was seeing him too? I just found out recently. How recently? She began her testimony. You know, when your own garden is dying, it's human nature to seek greener pastures. She inhaled the white air of the room and let the truth be her protection. She told the detective that she and Deb had been friends since they were children and she was always a bully. Competitive, jealous, covetous, and weak. She was always taking, pushing, and shoving her way through life. She said that Bobby J told her about the affair with Deb after she asked him who else he was seeing. Initially, there was love between them and they made plans for a life together, but he changed his mind as love consumed him. He would rather be a loveless, philandering pig. 
She confronted Deb about Bobby J at Deb's house that fateful day, and Deb gloated about meeting him and having sex with him, knowing that he and Melissa had been seeing each other. Deb taunted her with her conquest of Bobby J. Melissa admitted that she started a shoving match and Deb was getting the best of her. She said Deb was choking her and she grabbed the nearest thing. There was a knife on the counter. She stabbed her. She didn't mean to kill her. She was defending herself. Detective Sanders took notes as Melissa purged her soul. Her story was consistent with the crime scene, the struggle, the crime of passion. They charged her with second-degree murder and her husband bailed her out. The detective was certain she would be convicted of a much lesser charge and serve the minimum penalty. Case closed. One week later, Mimi and Sean sat at the breakfast table enjoying their spontaneous staycation. Mimi had called her mom to take the girls for a week while she and Sean dedicated themselves to making love all day and all night, sleeping in late and lingering in bed with their favorite books, magazines, TV shows, music, and food. Mimi was making French toast while Sean sliced fruit and squeezed orange juice. They had just finished reading the Cedartown Ledger story about Melissa and Deb, and it was perpetual front page news. People could not stop talking about it. You moved me all the way out here for the better life. Ha! And here we are, barely a year and a murder takes place right across the street. Go figure. Crazy. Too crazy. He cored the fresh pineapple as Mimi laid their toast in the pan. Can you believe they asked me to be vice president of the association? No way. Yes way. Wow. You gonna do it? I don't know. Maybe. For a little while. Not much else to do out here. I may as well organize carnivals and host bake-offs. At least now they will have you. No more bullies. Yeah. And no more issues with grass. He nuzzled her neck and kissed her lips while pulling her body into his. She giggled as she folded into her husband. Yeah, pink grass for everyone. Are you still up? Girl, good night. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.